I want to take as my text this morning that reading from Isaiah's prophecy, Isaiah chapter 35. If you're making use of the Pew Bible, you can find that text on page 707. Isaiah's 35 and beginning at verse 1, which I'd like to read again if you'd like to follow along. Isaiah's prophecy and verse 35, or chapter 35. Describing the kingdom to come, the prophet wrote, and the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall bloom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. And then they shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. And then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. And the haunt of jackals, where they lie down, the grass will become reeds and rushes. And the highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they're fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads, and they shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This morning we're continuing our two-part series on the coming kingdom. The coming kingdom. Indeed, uh, the coming kingdom is a central theme of the Advent season, uh, the name of which season itself indicates. Indeed, the word Advent from the Latin Adventus means coming. And so this morning we're continuing with our subject of the coming kingdom. Now, last week we talked about the coming kingdom, and our text was Isaiah's 11. Today we're doing so with this text from Isaiah's 35. And the first thing that I want us to notice is that in the coming kingdom, the earth will be transformed. In the coming kingdom, the earth will be transformed. Notice again verses at 1 and 2 there. And the wilderness and the dry ground shall be glad. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. And it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it in the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. And they shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. 
Notice the second half of verse 6. And waters will break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool and the thirsty ground will become springs of water and the haunt of the jackal, where the jackal lies down in the grass, the grass will become reeds and rushes. And so Isaiah says that in the coming kingdom, the earth will be transformed. In particular, he mentions that the wilderness and the dry land will be, will be glad and the desert will rejoice. I just popped into my head just now. After my first year at Dallas Theological Seminary, I came back to California for the summer. That would have been the summer of 87. My car broke down in Needles, California. Do you know where that is? It's just, just over the border of Arizona. It's in the desert. I've been stranded in the desert. Now, whatever ideas you have about the desert and how wonderful it is, and I understand that. But you don't want to be stuck in it. And the ancients had a very different idea about the desert than maybe we do when we can get in a car and race through it from one side to the other. But here Isaiah is saying that in the coming kingdom the earth will be transformed and in particular the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad and the desert shall rejoice. And so in the kingdom, the desert will no longer be a place of danger and desperation. By the way, in 87, I was desperate. You know what happened? I had, I had the cop, or the, the highway patrol take me in. I had thrown a belt on my engine, by the way. And, and, and so he took me in, and, uh, and I got a belt, and I was inexperienced. And I put that belt on and started the car up, and he had drive, drove away. And it broke again. Anyway, in the kingdom, the desert will no longer be a place of danger and desperation. Rather, it will be a place of rejoicing. If you like, when the kingdom comes, there will be a major environmental transformation. As Isaiah says, the desert will blossom like the crocus in yellow and white and violet. As Isaiah says, the desert will blossom abundantly. And rejoice with joy and singing. And the glory of Lebanon, as he says, shall be given to it in the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. And the glory of Lebanon, of course, is the cedars of Lebanon. These wonderful trees. And if you have anything made of cedar, you know it gives off this wonderful fragrance. And the, and the mountains of Lebanon are filled with these Wonderful trees. That's what's going to grow in the, what, we, what used to be the desert. And Mount Carmel and the plain of Sharon on Israel's coast down on the Mediterranean Sea are fertile areas, uh, areas uh, abounding with flora and fauna. And so in the coming kingdom, the desert will become like Lebanon and Carmel and Sharon and the desert wastelands will cease to exist. For as Isaiah says, waters will break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. And the burning sand, so much in need of water, will become a source of water, will become a pool. And the thirsty ground, so much in need of water, will become a source of water. And springs of water will bubble up. And the haunt of the jackal, where it might find some grass and which is rare in the desert, 
The grass will become reeds and rushes. Reeds and rushes, of course, is a kind of plant life that grows around bodies of water. And it'll be desert no more, and so the grass will become rushes. and reeds. Indeed, it's the lack of water that makes a desert. But in the kingdom, there'll be an abundance of water in what used to be a desert. And so there'll no longer be any desert. And as Isaiah says, in all of this, we shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God, that is the glory of God on display in the restoration of the whole earth. You think you like what you see now. <laughs> Just wait till the kingdom comes. A new heaven and a new earth. And you will be pleased beyond belief. You will be speechless at what you see. And so in the coming kingdom, the earth will be transformed. Secondly, in the coming kingdom, the disabled will be made whole. Indeed, notice again verses 5 and 6. And then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. And then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. And so Isaiah says that in the coming kingdom, the disabled, there won't be anybody disabled. The disabled will be made whole. Indeed, in the kingdom, the blind will see, and the deaf will hear, even without the aid of hearing aids. The lame will leap like a deer. That's an interesting expression. I mean, that the lame will not just walk, they will leap. <laughs> and as Isaiah says, the mute will sing for joy. The, the mute, those who can't speak, will not only talk, but they'll sing <laughs> in the kingdom. And of course, all of this was on display in the ministry of Jesus, in which he gave us a glimpse of what the coming kingdom was like. He not, only, he not only said, repent for the kingdom of God is coming, but let me show you what it's like. And so even in our gospel reading from today, from Matthew 11, we read, and when John, John the Baptist, the great Baptist, uh, the prophet, who was, or had been arrested by Herod, Antipas and thrown in jail. When he heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his, a group of his disciples, and that group said to Jesus, are you, are, are you, on behalf of John, are you the one to come? Are you the one we've been waiting for, or should we be waiting for someone else? John is scratching his head. What am I doing here? Of course, he wasn't the only one scratching his head because what people were expecting and the way in which it was unfolding according to God's plan was different than what they were expecting. Are you the one to come, Jesus, or should we be looking for another? And Jesus answered John's disciples and said, Go and tell John what you see and hear, that the blind receive their sight and the lame walk and lepers are cleansed. And the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who's not offended by me. Timothy Keller, in his book, The Prodigal God, wrote something interesting along these lines. He, 
He wrote, Jesus' healings were not so much violations of the natural order as they were a restoration of the natural order. Indeed, God did not create the world with blindness and leprosy and death. These are all results of the fall. And so Jesus' healings were signs that someday all of these corruptions and imperfections of his creation would be made right. And so in the coming kingdom, the disabled will be made whole. Thirdly, in the coming kingdom, justice will be served. Notice again, verses 3 and 4. He says, strengthen the weak hands, those who have lost heart. Strengthen the weak hands and make the feeble knees. Make them firm. And say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance and with recompense. And he will come and he will save you. And so, on God's behalf, Isaiah says to us, as he said to his original audience and those who would later read what he said, he says to those who are suffering injustice, which can be not only frustrating but able to just drain you of life and strength. Strengthen the hands that have gone limp, you know, and make firm your feeble knees. Of course, weak hands and feeble knees are descriptions of those who have become weary of a constant stream of injustice. Just signs and a description of just giving up. What's the point? What's the point? But to those suffering injustice, God says, no, 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 be strong. And don't be afraid. And why is that? Because, as Isaiah says, God in his kingdom is coming with vengeance. To judge the perpetrators of injustice, whether you are a victim of it or a perpetrator yourself, we need to be aware of that. That God in his kingdom is coming with vengeance to judge the perpetrators of injustice and to repay them for the wrong that they have done. And thereby to establish true justice the way things should be and true peace. As we quoted last week from someone who has written, divine judgment isn't just about punishing wrong, it's about justice. It's about making things right. Indeed, in the absence of just judgment, injustice prevails and wrong is left unanswered. And there isn't anything just or loving about that. And so in the kingdom to come, justice will be served. Finally, in the coming kingdom, God and his people will dwell together. Notice again verses 8 through 10. And a highway shall be there. And it shall be called the way or the road of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over that road. It shall belong to those who walk on it. And even if people are fools or, or simpletons, we might say, they shall not go astray or be clearly marked. That's the way. 
And no lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast come up upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed of God shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion, the place of God's special presence. They shall come with singing and everlasting, not hands hanging down or feeble knees. They will walk and they will sing, hands lifted up. The ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing and everlasting joy shall be on their heads like crowns. And they shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. And so Isaiah says that in the coming kingdom there will be a highway and it shall be called the way of holiness and the unclean shall not travel on it or pass over it. Its final destination is Zion, the, the city of God. And it's called the way of holiness because those who walk on it are holy. And Isaiah says that no lion will be there, no, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. One of the things to keep in mind is that in ancient Palestine, some of the beasts that we identify with Africa live there too, such as the lion. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast come upon it, and so the way of holiness will be safe. And Isaiah says, and the redeemed shall walk there, that those whom God has, has freed and delivered and saved at his own expense, because they couldn't save themselves. The ransomed of the Lord shall return to Zion with singing and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. John describes something similar in his vision. In Revelation chapter 21 and verse, beginning at verse 1. exiled on the Isle of Patmos in the Aegean Sea. In fact, tradition says they tried to boil him in oil and it didn't work. And so they said, just get this guy out of here. And put him on a boat and dropped him off at the shore and says, good luck. <laughs> and so on the Isle, he had these visions of things to come. Revelation 21 and beginning at verse 1, and he says, And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And then I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, Zion, <laughs> the city of God, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Now, I can hardly read that. In the day that I was married in a very traditional service, and I was there as it was all to begin, and standing there at the front, the priest was in his place, and to my left, my best man, and three groomsmen, and my father-in-law-to-be, which he was going to be my father-in-law in just about an hour. <laughs> 
He's standing and appeared at the back of the church with Linda. Linda wearing her mother's dress. And I looked and I went, wow. <laughs> she had never looked more beautiful. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard the, a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Humanity. And he, God, will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. I've oftentimes quoted Max Licato, and what he has to say, I think, perhaps is something to keep in mind as we're thinking about these things. Max Licato said famously, whether you're nine or 90, life is short, and the kingdom of God lasts forever. As I was typing that up, the words of Jesus also came into my mind. Matthew, 20, Matthew 7 and verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, 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 <laughs> will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. What I've described and that kingdom yet to come will be populated by people such as these who love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and their neighbors, their self. They don't do it perfectly, but that's what they want. And they pursue it. They're doing in the power of the Spirit the will of the Father who's in heaven. And so I guess there's one more, thing, one more thing to think about as we're thinking about the coming kingdom. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. There's so many things, Lord, in, the, in this world present that's uh, alluring. And there's many messages it might seem to be um, uh, more positive than messages we hear from you, like the serpent saying to the woman, and did God say you couldn't eat of every tree of the garden? <laughs> and even though we might readily admit that we bring nothing in and we take nothing out, we spend an awful lot of time focusing on what we didn't bring in and what we can't take out. Help us, Lord, to see as you see. It may seem slow to us, but your kingdom train is coming seemingly slow into the station. And when it's here, all of the things that we've described will take place, and either we will be a part of it, or we will watch it from afar.
And so, Lord, we pray that you'd make us worthy in your Son, Jesus. Anyone who's in him as a new creation, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. May that be true of us, that this kingdom that we've been talking about might indeed be ours, and that we might dwell with you forever, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.